Hi, I'm Notre Dame safety Kyle Hamilton, and you're listening to Single High, a Notre Dame football podcast from UHND.com, the official home of the Kyle Hamilton fan club. And Greg Welcome back after a long hiatus to Single High, the Notre Dame football podcast from UHND.com. If you've all forgotten, this is Frank Vitovich, one of your hosts of this fine uh, this fine podcast. Joined, uh, as always, when the podcast does happen, uh, is my co-host, uh, the president, Kyle Hamilton uh, Fan Club, and Video analyst over at Irish Sports Daily, Mr. Greg Flamong. Greg, how how have we been doing? I'm good, Franklin. I'm yeah. good. Everything is uh is going uh as usual. Um, I guess recruiting is a big thing right now. So that is uh, true. That's ba- mainly what we're talking about over there. Yeah. Um, but as far as life, we we talked a little bit uh before, just sports with the kids um soccer and baseball school's getting out soon so uh yeah getting ready for summer yes uh life is busy i i basically forgot the intro that i used to say by the way because it's been like at least two months since we've done this (laughs) so uh apologies to anybody if it felt like i was reaching a little bit there because i was like what the hell did i used to say when we started this thing Mm. um same though man life has been life has been quite busy lately which is why i have been mia from the pod and from writing and almost even more even on uh on the twitter machine other than the occasional doc rivers slash tobias harris rant which one of those has been taken care of for me i don't have to complain about anymore hopefully the other will uh, be taken care of soon uh, you know for the sixers uh you know as well but yeah busy uh i've started going back into the office more for the day job and i forgot actually i can't even say i forgot how much of a pain commuting was Back before pandemic, like I had like a 20 minute commute. It was amazing. Um, I don't have that now that I moved to the burbs and uh, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. I don't know how people did this pre 2020 where like they just went into an office five days yeah. a week from like and commuted like an hour and a half on a train, like at least into New York City, like one way. Like you just people just not see their kids back then because like I feel like I leave super early just to get to see the little guy for like 45 minutes before he starts going down to bed um, when I go in. So anyway, long-winded way of saying I have been a little bit busy in life, but here we are. We are into the month of June. We're getting closer and closer to the season, so we're going to podcast today. I'm not even going to end this one, by the way, by making any promises for like our next podcast, because it could be next week. It could be next month. It could be after the Navy game at this point. Who knows? Who knows? But 
here we are. Um, we're a few, like I said, a few months away here. You guys over at ISD actually had a pretty, uh, well, not, not, you know, not to say like actually as though it's a surprise. All of your podcasts are very insightful and, and informative, <laughs> but you had one specifically on like a vibe check a couple weeks ago that hit, hit close to home. Cause I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's said busyness in life right now that has me just like, not as normally anxious as I am for a football season mm. in June. Like normally it's like, ah, nah, June's here, you know, summertime, summertime starting, which means, you know, as soon as this, as soon as this is over, we get football, but it's not quite there. I don't know why. Um, so I thought it was interesting. It seemed like that might be, you know, some others kind of feeling that as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, it's kind of like a weird, um, it was a weird time. I, I guess it's been, you know, since Sam Hartman came on board, um, you know, I think that brought a lot of excitement. And I think that everyone felt like that was just going to, like, continue right. throughout the offseason, um, especially because, like, Marcus Marcus Freeman is like a is – a, is, he always wins the offseason. You know, he did mm-hmm. last year uh, with recruiting and everything, and then – Obviously, the season started and it started really poorly, but it, this is when he kind of shines. You know, the recruiting aspect, he's really good at that. And then you have the, you know, the, the who doesn't have good vibes during spring ball? You know, that's what spring ball is for, especially right. when you have your quarterback. Um, but it's been, everything has just been kind of squashed, right? Like Tyler Buckner leaves the program. First of all, Tommy Reese leaves the program. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the search didn't go very well in terms of like the PR and all those things. Uh, Buckner leaves the program. Reese leaves the program. You have Lorenzo Styles leave the program. Logan Diggs leaves the Diggs, program. Kali Smith, like Caleb Smith doesn't work out. I mean, I, the Prince Kali thing it, it by itself, it wasn't a big deal, but like all that <laughs> stuff, it's just kind of adding up to like, man, I don't know. They got a couple guys in the portal, right? Like they got Antonio Carter uh, in the portal. Um, and that's nice, right? But it's just not it, – it, it hasn't quelled kind of the negative oh. energy. And, and you know, recruiting has been – I want to say good. You know, it's been fine, right? <laughs> We're up to, I think, 19 commitments now. Um, but there's no one like that, that big splash hasn't come in. You know, like a lot of the guys have been in between like 300 and 200 ranked overall, right? Which yeah. – is obviously good, but it's it doesn't get the juices flowing um, the way you want. So I, I think that's part of why I think people are just kind of like I don't know, like I it, that's, there's not a ton of uh, optimism, I guess. That's kind of the isn't there. Kind of where I'm at, and also this is how rusty I am. I almost forgot this very important part of the podcast. <laughs> there we go. Picked one out uh, called Solid Gold Jams. Even though we're recording a little bit earlier. Than normal, I was like, well, you know what? Who knows the next time I'm going to fire up the mic and get uh, get a beer out. So uh, got to do it for the branding. Um, but in a lot of ways, man, it almost feels like a little bit of like the reverse of last offseason. Yeah. Last offseason, the vibes were immaculate, right? Yeah, for this sure. This beer is not the best, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> so they were like off the charts. Like everything was going right. You're getting five-star commits. Right, we Keon Keeley is in Notre Dame's class at this point. Peyton Bowen is in Notre Dame's class at this point last year. 
Right, because Keeley Keeley didn't decommit until like August, right? July, August time frame, somewhere around there. It was the summer. I just can't remember exactly when, but um, and it was like everything was like at almost at like an all time high, and it felt weird in a way as a Notre Dame fan because we weren't used to the off season being like that. We're used to the bad off seasons, right? We're used to the, like that hey, starting quarterback caught cheating out for the season, Everett Golson yeah. type stories. Or yeah. the devastating injury that happens where you're like, God damn it, now we're, you know, they're not going to, like, that is the norm. Or the cheating scandal in 2014, right? It was like, uh-huh. those are the kind of off seasons we're used to. Um, so then last season, it was like, well, this is weird. It's, everything's going good. You know, everyone's loving Marcus Freeman. He's winning. He's on, like, you know, a world tour, basically, doing all the talk shows, the, you know, this, the ESPN appearances and stuff. And it was like, this is great. Yeah. And then the season started and immediately went downhill after those first you know, two losses, but mm-hmm. this off season, yeah, very different feel to it where it's just like, and I don't even know if it's just cause maybe, maybe it is a combination of the, uh, you know, all the transfers, like the cumulative effect of it. And we're just not used to it. Cause this is the day and age of the portal where we're going to have to get used to more off seasons like this. So just a lot of players mm-hmm. in, in and out, but yeah, it's been, uh, it's it, this off season has had a different feel to it, which hey maybe is going to be a good thing because last se- last off season had an amazing feel to it and it started off with back to back losses, almost three straight losses, you know, to start the the Freeman uh, the Freeman era. So maybe maybe you can find the silver lining in there, and that's what's uh, and well how how about you? How are you feeling? You're way more close to. The pulse of everything these days than I. So how are you feeling, you know, in terms of uh, you know gut check in June seventh here? Yeah, I mean, I I'm not immune to it, right? Like I'm I'm a little uncertain right now, you know, in terms of how's it gonna go. Like I I mean, I just think of like okay, they have Sam Hartman, and that's obviously good. Yeah, he's a very good player. Um, but you know, they they brought in Caleb Smith as a transfer and it's like they brought him in because they feel like they needed it you know yeah and and he leaves the team and there's yep. styles leads the team who led the team in uh, the receivers yeah you know in in catches and so he i mean he was a starting receiver for them as bad as people said he was and yeah. as bad as he you know and as underwhelming as the season was like he was still a starting receiver for them he's off the team and you don't and you didn't replace him and you know, nope. Caleb Smith, you don't replace him, right? And so it's like, okay, so Chris Tyree, who I think a lot of people like, is like, oh, kind of a, I don't want to say gadget player, but like, you know, not someone who you're going to actually count on. So he's he's a pretty important player now for the offense. Like he's he's he might be this, you know, not maybe not starting slot like that may go to uh, Jaden Thomas, but he's going to at least get a ton of snaps, right? Whatever snaps you thought. Lorenzo Styles would get like those a lot of those snaps are going to go to Chris Tyree now right mm-hmm. um you know I, I think people are excited about Jaden Greyhouse what he's did in the spring but I mean that's got like that's kind of got to be counted on now like that right. and you know Deion Colsey like now he's ultra ultra important player Tobias Merriweather who I think you know if you were high on him you should still be high on him it's, it's not that it's just there's just not many options right you would like to have more more options, um, more weapons, and that sort of thing. Um, you know, I, I and so there's there's just kind of and plus 
unfortunately, there's just a lot of uncertainty with linebacker and defensive line and safety and all that stuff, right? So those are all the natural things. But I think, you know, losing digs, losing styles, when you lose offense, it's just a little disconcerting. And he obviously landed Hartman, but you want to have known options that he's going to be right. able to have on offense there. Yeah, and I think that's almost it's kind of funny that like we and almost like it, Hartman's almost taken for granted, and he's never actually thrown a you know a single live pass for Notre Dame right. other than other than spring practice. But it's like, oh yeah, he's our quarterback now, and it's like any other year that would have been, I mean, it was huge news when it when it happened. But it's like it's probably the the best from a pure talent standpoint. Would you say Hartman? We're going to enter this year probably with the best. Pure star, pure talent at starting quarterback since Brady Quinn. Um, I mean, there's Claus. It's it's, it's Clausen. I, mean, I, would, or I, know, I would say Clausen. I mean, he's yeah. he's he was good. he was, pretty, he was yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, still, so that's that's you know, he left in 2009. Uh, after 2009, so we're just talking 14 years since then. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, and I think that mask. I think we also. <laughs> Notre Dame fans are so used to just not, like, I don't want to say, I mean, we love Ian Buck on the pod, but Notre Dame has not had, like, a real, like, elite, elite, pure passer. Like, his book was, I mean, books had a great overall game, obviously. He he would, took every inch the defense gave him. He was, you know, great improviser in the pocket. He was escaping. Uh, you know, he was able to run, pick up things with his legs. But it wasn't like... Ian Book wasn't necessarily the I'm going to take over a game kind of quarterback the way Hartman potentially can be because he can just sling it. And we're not used to having that. Yeah, I mean, Ian's Ian's main, uh, his main weapon was his improvisation, right? Mm -hmm. I'll say his main differentiator, right? It's not like he wasn't a good passer. It's just that his, the main thing that separated him from others was that his improvisation, right? Could make plays out of the pocket and he could... He could run the ball like that was his kind of his big thing. Um, and, you know, I mean, he wasn't a bad passer or anything like that. Like no, it wasn't 70, 70 odd touchdowns. But yeah, um, but it, it, it's, just... it's just like it, the and, and, he, and this is interesting. Like I kind of view um, Hartman a little bit like I view um, like Golson in 2014, where okay. like I, I think Everett was a, a better runner, you know, but like he was a slinger, man. Like he would he went for it, right? And and obviously there was a lot with the turnovers too. And there's kind of a parallel there, right? Like Hartman's been loose with the ball too. So um I think there's you know, there's something to that. I mean, I liked Everett Golson in twenty fourteen, you know. True. Like I think I think Everett Golson with a better defense, we I think we would view that season and him a lot differently. Right. I think I think Hartman is mentally tougher than Everett was that's you know, at, at that point of his life. Um, so, you know, but I, that, that's kind of how I view him. Um, and so how does Notre Dame – they have to take advantage of it is the thing. So, Yeah, that's a good – that's a good parallel um, to um, – to 2014 i like that one uh because it he did uh, you almost forget because of the way that season ended you forget how high golson was at one point yeah yeah I mean, he was like in the heisman race people were talking about him through the midseason as a legit heisman contender even after the loss to florida state it was like oh he's up there but then it was like then that la- that month of november was just whoa 
Yeah. That was, that was a brutal, brutal month uh, in the, for him specifically. I mean, obviously, Notre Dame as a team didn't do too well, but like he, you know, once the turnover started mounting, never was able to, uh, you know, to overcome that. Yeah. But with Hartman, yeah, I think he has the potential to mask a lot on this. Now I don't even say mask because the talent's there. I think it's just a pretty big unproven year for Notre Dame, which also could be maybe why the vibes are a little bit low. There's not a ton outside of Hartman. It's like you don't have those like proven All-Americans really returning in numbers. Like last year you had Mayer, you had Joe Alt who – wasn't quite all American, but it was like, oh man, that guy's gonna be an all American the way he played as a freshman. This year you got all you got Benjamin Morrison probably kind of in that regard. But other than that, you got like who? Who would be the next like headliner? It's like Hartman, who we've never seen, you know, play a game for Notre Dame, Alt and Morrison. I mean Jaden Thomas. Um, you know, I don't know if he's a headliner, but I that's, mean Audrey Estime. Audrey Estime. But we're still not – it's not like some of those teams that we've had in the past where it's like you got the surefire All-American at a you know at a position where you're like, oh, he, uh, too many positions, yeah. I should say. Um, and maybe that has something to do with it. It's like – it's just, yeah, we'll see. Because um, then we start looking at it, like the way that I've been going through it in preparing here for the last 24 hours once I was like, hey, let's pod tomorrow, and you were graciously available um, – it's like once you start going up and down the roster, you're like, there's not really a ton of like glaring holes either. It's right. just that like you look and you're like, well, Mitchell Evans can be pretty good, right? Replacing Mayor, but it's like he's not Mayor. And, you know, as a group, what's Notre Dame returning here? Like less than 15 catches as a, you know, as a, as a tight end group. Not great. Offensive line has the potential to be very good, but still some question marks there even. Uh, you know, a different, uh, you know, different spots that they're trying to lock down. And then you go to defense. And I think that's where like, you look at the defensive line even, and it's like, there's a number of guys who could become dudes this year, but like, you know, it wasn't like we had Foskey coming back last year. It's like, oh, Foskey has a chance to break the Notre Dame sack record. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Or it's not like a year, like that year we had Khalid Kareem and Julian Aquara come back and you're like, all right, we got our guys. Um, And it's like, it's, but you look up and down to the defensive line either. You're like, well, there's not like a huge hole, but there's also not a lot of like high end, at least proven high end players mm-hmm. yet. Um, which there's a question asking like, who's going to step up? I think we'll probably dive deeper into that position when we, you know, when we, when we go to, uh, you know, when we do go to the questions. But I mean, as of today, again, like, what are you thinking in terms of even season? Like, I know it's been seems like Notre Dame Twitter has been talking a lot after PFF posted their schedule pick of Notre Dame and was like, Hey, what's your record prediction? Um, so it seems like people have been talking a bit about that lately. Like, what are you thinking right now is kind of where you where, where's your, where's your head at right now? Pre, uh, you know, fall camp as to, you know, where Notre Dame is going to net out this year. I mean, I think it's important to remember, like, like uncertainty doesn't equal bad. You know, Correct. like us totally. not knowing, us not having a ton of confidence in how it's going to go. That doesn't mean it's going to go poorly. Like, yeah. how many times have like the 2012 team? I was just going to say 2012. Like who? Just like all of Notre Dame's best teams, right? Like there was so much uncertainty going into 2017. You know, there was a lot of uncertainty going into 2015, right? Like yeah. there are so many 
good seasons Notre Dame has had, when you went into it, you just thought, man, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't, what are they going to, what are they going to do? Like, and usually the seasons we think that are going to be good are the ones where we're like, oh shit. Man, that was yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So like there's, it's just, you, you can't, you can't really know. And so I, I don't want to like make, I don't want to um, kind of, put these feelings onto what I think the season will be because there's so much. And, and the good part about this season is that there's going to be a couple of games where we get to see what the team is. Right. And last year it was hard because, you know, it was like, we don't know what the team is, but they got to go play Ohio state who ended up being a semifinalist, you know, yeah, who they're pretty good. Was, was a field goal away from beating Georgia, who was, frankly, a Marvin Harrison Jr. injury away from beating True. Georgia, right? So, yeah, yeah. like, they were about to be national champions, you know? And so that that's who Notre Dame led off with last year. Notre Dame doesn't have to do that this year, right? Like, they get three games before they got to play Ohio State. So I, I think that it's important that we don't need to know the answers yet, and the team doesn't need to know the answers until, like, late September, and so, and, and plus, like, we have to see what is Ohio State, right? What is, what is USC? What is Clemson? You know, I know people, a lot of, like, I, I think a lot of people see, you know, Clemson on the road and they got the new offensive coordinator and everything. And that's great. Two of the last three times Notre Dame's played Clemson, they, they won the game. You know, Very true. Now, both of those wins were at Notre Dame Stadium, and that's correct. But, like, also both of those, like, the one loss was when Trevor Lawrence was the quarterback. You know, mm -hmm. the times that they've lost to Clemson, Trevor Lawrence was quarterback or um, or the Deshaun Watson was quarterback. Oof. And so it's like, you know, look, if, if they're going up against if, if Clay, Cade Klubnik ends up being like that caliber, then, yeah, maybe they'll lose the game, you know, but I don't know. He didn't he didn't look that great last year. Right. Mm -hmm. Especially against us. But. You know, he definitely didn't look that good in the in the bowl game either. Like it was just he was a handoff machine. You know, so I don't, I, I'm not, su I haven't been super impressed by him yet. Maybe that will come. Um, obviously, going on the road is difficult, but so I, all these questions could be answered like within two games, one or two games, and then we feel a lot different. So it, for me, it's just like there are so many questions that I can't put. Um, I can't put like a number on it or how I think the season will go. Um, but, you know, I, I think that's okay. We don't, we don't need to know right now. No, I mean, I don't, but that's what the off season's for is for us it to is. speculate. Um, and, uh, and, and kind of, uh, you know, project out where things, where things might be. I have no, you know, I have no feel for it at this point either yeah. as to like what this team could be. The 2012 uh, comparison is just good from a schedule's schedule. Well, not really, actually, because we had, what, that, that season started, you had two games before things got real. Um, you had the Navy and the Purdue game, and then it was what? Then Michigan State on the road, and then Michigan at home uh, before, and that was when we were like, oh, well, this team, this team might be something, even though that Michigan State team turned out to be pretty you know, pretty meh, and Michigan was not good that year either. I mean, they were pretty pretty average in uh, in 2014 until, uh, you know, then it was mid-October when we started to be like, oh, maybe, the, maybe this team is something. Um, but, yeah, that team did have a lot of, a lot of questions. 
Right? Knicks and Tuit were not the players that, you know, that they were in 2012 and 2011. They were freshmen who were, you know, finding them, themselves. Uh, what the, the cornerback looked like the worst position group Notre Dame has had in, you know, 30 years going into that 2012 season. If everybody remembers, it was like Low Wood gets hurt. And then, oh no, like it was, it was him and what Jamar Slaughter not getting his medical red shirt approved had Notre Dame looking at uh, Kavari Russell, who was recruited as a running back slash receiver and Bennett Jackson who was a converted wide receiver. Uh, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, no, his, not only was, was cornerback not the worst position group in 30 years, it was like a historically good defense, uh, you know, for Notre Dame. So that would be nice. I would really like it if we had a historically good defense this year. Wouldn't that be fun? It would be great. Would I be would fun. I would be like, very excited about that. Like, I'd sign up for that. If you told me right now, like, historically good defense, I would take that offer. I would say, sure, I will take a historically good defense. Um, and then that plus Sam Hartman would mean playoff run. If uh, if Notre Dame saw jumps from players like that, um, unfortunately, we don't have a Manti Teo on defense who <laughs> can probably go on a Heisman caliber uh, Heisman caliber spree. So um, but that's another area. Once I, I, we, we might have some fun on the one question around the uh, the players that need to step up that I saw for uh, for Notre Dame to make uh, make a playoff run. But before we get into questions, maybe too, what's what's your vibe check on? recruiting because i know it, it, it is going relatively well right now i would say again as somebody who has been extremely busy over the last couple months who hasn't followed it as closely um it did seem like there was a string there where notre dame was picking up some players even outside that top 300 um that were maybe outside the four or five star caliber that we came to expect under freeman which i thought was kind of interesting um Specifically at linebacker, where it looked like you know Notre Dame picked up a couple guys who were three star in some services, whereas like Freeman's first two years linebacker recruiting was just like we just go get the best linebackers out there because you know everybody loves Marcus Freeman. Um, So that was like you just again following it was kind of interesting, just being like, huh, that's 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 not what I would have expected. Um, And I think I even saw somebody post. The other, you know, somebody post, um, it might have been a question for one of the other pods, actually, where they were like, why does it seem like Notre Dame is actually recruiting better offensively right now than they are defensively, even though Freeman is the defensive minded, um, you know, head coach? So just what, what are your overall takes? And, you know, obviously, I think the last, what, 48 hours when Notre Dame picked up the two two four star commitments probably changes that a little bit. But uh, the narrative, at least, um you know, a little bit, but, uh, overall what's, what's, what's current vibe check from you on recruiting? Um, current vibe check. I mean, I, I think it's, it's kind of similar to the team actually. Like they, they don't have, I mean, we'll see, right? Like the, the, they've got Cam Williams, who's a five-star. They've got CJ Carr, who I think will end up being a five-star. Like he's a five-star to some on threes, like way out of pocket with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I think, you know, so they have those two guys. The next highest rated guy is Logan Thomas at 172. It's a big um, gap. It's a big gap. It is. And so, but, you know, they can, they can close on, they can close on uh, uh, Justin Scott, yeah. who's a five-star. They can close on Eliza Rushing, who's a five-star. Defense, they're both defensive linemen. I think it was on, they can close on Gerby Lambert, who's a top 50 guy. And then it's like, okay, like I think 
I think so much of the recruiting kind of vibes are like the ranking, right? And that drives the feelings of everybody. Mm-hmm. And so, look, if they get those guys, then you've got, you know, what, four guys in the top 100. Um, you would have three five stars at that point, maybe four, you know, like that would be that would be a big deal. Right. So I think a lot there's a lot to be said there um, or a lot to 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 kind of wait for there with those guys. Um, you know, I, I think I, I like they just got Keedron Young, who I really like at running back. Um, I like him more than Nice Williams, frankly. Um, not that there's not much in it, right? So it's not like I like him great a great amount more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do like him. I think he's a good player. Um, you know, they, they I like the wide receivers. Like I like those guys. Um, it just Cam Williams, I think is is a stud. Like he's an absolute stud. I think Isaiah Canyon is going to be a very good player. I, I like Micah Gilbert, what he brings, kind of like that um, kind of Jaden Thomas type of game that he's got. So look, there, there's there's a lot there. You know, it's like a kind of a down offensive line year. So people are kind of, you know, kind of people are leery of that. Um, safety is again kind of a question mark. Um, I have I Chris O'Leary's gotta show something at some point. I mean, just from a number. I wasn't gonna numbers. go there. Well, like look at look at regardless of what you think of the players and what all the, like, you just don't, he's not bringing in players. You, you need players, you it, know, like it feels so. Todd light esque. Remember when light went on that stretch where like, he just wasn't bringing in a lot. Like, he wasn't bringing in highly ranked guys or volume of guys, a corner there for a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I, I kind of get you like, it's, it's just ideal. like, Hey, Hey, it is ideal. This feels shaky kind of thing, you know? So but you know what is ideal? What's that? Kedron Young's commitment picture is like, oh, yeah. it's six stars, man. That thing six was stars. phenomenal. I saw that and I was like, oh my God, this is perfect. Like, it was so good. I was like, I am now a fan. Uh, I, I I fell in love right there. I was like, this is going to be, I might, with this, we might have to get him to do the intro to the pod at some point to replace Kyle. Uh, as, Kyle, as Kyle gets farther away from, you know, from Notre Dame, uh, since it, you know, the intro does say, I'm no, I mean, he's always going to be Notre Dame safety, Kyle Hamilton, but you know what I mean? And he's gets this farther away from, from actually being on the team. Like we're, we, maybe we should just try now, you know, like NIL, like before that profile gets too big and just lock it in. it's almost like a futures bet. Um, I saw that picture and was like all American. He's gonna. There's no way, uh, no no way around it at uh, at this point. Um, so I'm gonna be. I'm gonna jump on the fan club early, and uh, maybe I'll just start now. Just start it now. I haven't written an article in a while. I'll just write one. Um, like your infamous Kyle Hamilton post on UHND of is no how I still remember it. It was like his Notre Dame's lowest rated recruit. Actually, it's best. Something along those lines was like one of the first Kyle Hamilton articles you ever wrote for UHND. Um, so I'm going to flip it with young, uh, because I want him to be very good. So that picture lives, lives on, uh, are you looking it up now? As I see you thinking, uh, think, thinking hard over there. What's that? I said, were you, oh, it looked like you were, it looked like your eyes went to the other screen. I was like, are you looking this up right now? Your, your original Kyle post, 
Oh, what? my original? Oh, yes. oh, it was that... Um, I said it was I, like, is Notre Dame's title, lowest rated recruit its best or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, low, is Notre Dame's lowest rated recruit their best recruit in the 20? Yeah. yeah. And he was. He was. He was. You weren't yeah. wrong. You no, were not. not. You were not wrong. Um, it's a great post. Uh, that was one of... Actually, I should go back and look. It probably was one of the most uh, most read that you've had uh, on the site, too. Oh, over, really? Over the... I Probably. Um, I can figure it... I have all the tools and technology to be able to, <laughs> to, be able to figure that out. Um, I should be able to do it. Um, on that note, though, I think... Uh, I think it might be time for questions. Let's do questions. Because there's some really good stuff in there that I think is going to get... Uh, Get some conversations going here, and I do not have unlimited time. Um, sadly, <laughs> wish I did. This is fun doing this in the middle of the day, just yeah. hanging out, talking Notre Dame football. It's way more fun than my normal middle of the day. <laughs> but um, here we go. Let's let's go through questions. A lot of familiar names that that popped up. Uh, starting with Peter Smith at his penis it says, "Welcome back, gents." Um, so, if you were to guess, what will Notre Dame's offense? look like will it be a very methodical running game like wisconsin circa 2000s or a more pro style and he says also also jets finally beat your birds this year um i don't believe so and for those of you listening the new york football jets uh sorry the new jersey jets have never beaten the philadelphia eagles it's amazing the eagles are like 14 and 0 or something like that against the new york mm. jets in the in the history of both uh, both franchises but mm. anyway I'll look it up while you start your answer on uh, what do you think the offense is going to look like? Um, I, I think it'll look like last year, but they just will throw it more. I think there will be, there will be a lot more RPOs for one. So like, I think the, the form and function of it will look the same, but I, I, it just, you'll notice like, Oh, that, like they're going to throw, they're going to throw. They have no problem throwing. Like they like in third down, like you'll notice the formation, but it's like, oh, it's like third and three, and we're in shotgun and we're throwing the ball kind of thing. Like I think they'll be more willing to do that because that, you know, Sam Hartman's good at that stuff, right? Like he's good at just delivering like a short pass that is, you know, will move the sticks, right? And I don't think they trusted, frankly, either quarterback to do that last year. And so I I, I think, you know. That's what it'll be. I think it'll be very familiar looking. I just think the what they're doing will just be more lean towards throwing the ball. Yeah. With a lot more RPOs. Like I, I frankly it'll it'll look a lot more like um twenty twenty one post like bye week. Like from USC on. That's mm. what it'll look like. Okay. Or even like remember we did a lot of RPOs early in the early Ian Book days in twenty eighteen. Yeah, that was the, so in Chip Long. That was when Chip Law, I mean, there was there were RPOs all over the place, right? Um, and I, but I think it, it like it'll probably more. I mean, they'll run them in a different kind of way because Chip Long ran a different kind of scheme, but right. Um, it it'll, it'll be a lot more RPOs, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they have. It's got to look a different in that you you can't just run. I mean, you had True Pine as your quarterback last year. Yeah. Um, you got to throw the ball more. Um, it'll be different passing. It won't be. 75% targets or whatever, you know, to, to mayor, uh, cause one mayor has gone, but two Hartman doesn't need to rely on a single receiver, you know, as much. I think you're going to see much more vertical than we've seen in a while. Um, I, I mean, it, we, that early, 
Let's go back to another 2021 reference. Remember early 2021 when it seemed pretty clear that Reese and Notre Dame were like hell bent on having a vertical passing game until they realized like we just don't have the personnel to run it. Yeah, I think we have it now. Like, like remember early 2021, like Cone was firing to Lindsay like those first few games. Like they kept trying to get that to work, and it just it didn't work. Um, and I think it'll work this year because you got Hartman, who obviously putting a lot of eggs in that basket. But uh, I think that's what uh, that that'll be different. Um, I think. Yeah, much, much more passing. I think if we don't see much more passing, given – like, then why did you go get Sam Hartman if you weren't going to throw the ball a lot more than you did last year? And numbers are now I mean, not maybe as the running good. Game is, like, maybe the running game is fire, you know? Yeah. You know, but I, I they're going to. They're, they're yeah. going to lean into the strength. True. True, true. I mean, and the running, it, you look at numbers, though, like with Diggs gone, now you're down to four run, four running backs, two of whom, one of whom is going to, you know, not on campus yet or not, you know, wasn't wasn't there for spring and one who barely played last year or coming off, uh, you know, coming off injury. So not a lot of numbers. Right? One who didn't play at all last year, actually, coming off of a major injury and another one who didn't really um who had what? What did Payne have last year? Like two carries and the one blowout, something like that. He didn't have a lot yeah. of carries. So, I mean, I think you're you got to be that. That's one when we talk about concerns too. I think that's one area you got to be pretty concerned about in terms of like, I mean, you're an injury away to estimate to being down to three guys who have like two carries in their careers. That's yeah. not ideal, yeah. right? So, I think you got to like as much as you know, conventional wisdom might say like, oh, you have a big bruising back like Audrick Estime. Let's get him 25 carries a game. Like you just can't do that because you can't risk you can't risk getting him that, uh, you know, having him that exposed every week, um, given the the lack of experience behind him. So air it out. Error Kelly. I want I want to see. I really want like this is again, this is no real analysis here whatsoever. And this is just pure 100 percent pettiness. I want to see a throw it all over the field offense that Brian Kelly and Tommy Reese always wanted to have, but never had the personnel for. I want to see that. I want to see Sam Hartman, you know, running the kind of offense that Kelly tried like hell that pissed off, you know, some of the older Notre Dame folk in the beginning of his uh, beginning of his tenure. I want to see it. And I want to see it actually work. That's where I'm at with, uh, with, uh, you know, with the offense. And while we were chatting, I looked it up. Philadelphia Eagles are 12 and zero all time against the new york jets it's amazing it's it's, like i I just i mean it's and it's not i mean there's some years here where the eagles were not good because you know there's been a lot of those years where the eagles aren't very good but i mean the jets are pretty bad so hey let's uh i'm gonna hope that that continues this year next question we got from chris scheiber at what point are recruit oh this is relevant to what we were talking about at what point are recruiting rankings overrated there seems to be a chasm on multiple uh, players between the recruiting sites. Really, what is the difference between three and four star guys? I'm not saying recruiting or I'm not saying rankings don't matter, but some uh, that uh, but some that get uh, you know wound up about every three star seems pointless. Yeah, I think there's something to this. Like, so okay, what's the difference functionally between like the 250 guy and the 400 guy? Right. Marginal. Like there's, there's not a ton in it, right? Like what's in it? You know, no. maybe you, maybe you liked him at a camp or maybe you liked him 
you like the he had a long jump that you really liked, and so you put him up there, or maybe you just like his league that he plays in, you know? True. And so there's some. I think there's definitely something to that, right? Like if you're talking about, um, you know, the 200th ranked player versus the 300th or the 400th or whatever, like I, I think you're looking at similar caliber of players, right? So I think there's a good point there. Um, I do think though that there is a pretty big difference generally, just generally, than like the third 300th guy and the 100th guy and the 50th guy, you know? Like I do think generally speaking, those guys are are rated that way for a reason. So you don't, you don't want to um, be doing like too much projecting, right? Like, look, when you have like Teddy Rezac, right? Let's just use him as an example. He's, I don't, I don't remember specifically where he is. He's, he's got to be somewhere in the, um, let me look it up real quick. He's, I got the 24 seven in front of me. Uh, okay. compo- their composite. He is. He's 816. 816. Yeah. Right. So let's say he's 816. People don't like that. Right. To be a four star, he'd have to be somewhere around 400. Yeah. Okay. Now. Are there like 400 better players than him? And that makes up the gap. Like they're demonstrably better than him. Like probably not. Right. Mm. And you're making a, and Notre Dame is making a, um, a projection there. Right. So look, that's fine. No problem. But like, you don't want to have like seven or eight guys like that, where it's like, we are, we are having to make this projection that he's actually not really like the 800th. He's more like this 200th or the right. 300th or something like that. And so you want to make sure that, hey, like we're 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 getting a lot of these hundredth guy and the eightieth guy and the fiftieth guy and the thirtieth guy, because that's more like that's just more likely the way it's going to go. I mean, we have, I mean, this is self evident, right? Look, look at Alabama, look at Georgia, look at Ohio State. Like the teams that recruit the best just happen to be the best teams in the sport, right? So, at some level, the rankings are overrated in terms of two hundred versus four hundred, something like that. But when it gets you get to the higher end, then it's not overrated. Correct. You know, then it's like you want you want those guys, you know, so there's there's kind of a give and take. It's true, but it's also kind of not. Agreed. Uh, I mean, that's kind of where I was going to go with it, whereas like you're a low four star, or high three star. There's almost no difference other than you feel better when you look at your team's commitment list. And there's a four star next to a player versus a three star. But um, that's really the only difference um, until, yeah, until you get to. You know, until you get to the top, and even I think there's certain positions, and I think you and Jamie were talking about this. It might have been – it wasn't your most recent one. It was one that I was listening to again a little bit this morning while I was walking the dog, uh, which is a good thing I walked the dog this morning because here on the East Coast, it's like Armageddon out there, and the sky is orange, and all the smoke that's come down from Canada um, is engulfing. Uh, the greater New York City area right now, and it's pretty pretty nasty out there. Um, luckily, this morning it was nice blue skies. I got a nice five mile run in this morning. Um, it was pretty you know pretty good. Not not so much now, um, but anyway, I think you all were talking about like tight end specifically and how that's a position where there's a lot of misses on some of the services because like yeah. you have some people who will look at a tight end and just go six four long, long fast going to be a great tight end and just forget that there's a whole lot else that goes into 
that position than just being like tall and, you know, having kind of kind of having the traits. It's kind of like what a lot of NFL analysts did with Mayer coming into the draft this year where they're like, man, he's not twitchy enough or whatever the hell they were saying about why, you know, why they had these guys who had like almost no production in college ranked uh, ranked ahead of him. So I think there's certain positions where you could take some of these, you know, rankings with a grain of salt. Corner is, I think, another one. I don't, I don't know if you guys brought that one up, but corner to me is just one that is like, I don't want to say it's a roll of the dice, but it's like playing corner on high school versus college, very different. And again, I think a lot of times the rankings are based off of traits versus like, you know, players who are going to be great. Like, look at Miami Morrison. What was I mean? Morrison was a four star, but he was like a low four star, right? And then he became he was, freshman all he, was, he was like in the three hundreds, I think. Right? Yeah. He wasn't one that, you know, when he were committed, people were like, we got, you know, a guy in the 300s. Awesome. Right. It was more like, oh, cool. You know, we got another four star. It seems like a good bet just to load up on those. But so I think there's certain positions where it becomes less relevant. And then you just have to trust. Then you have to go on the track record of the, you know, the coaching staff that is finding those. Right. Like even the, the three stars that they have this year, it's like it's a little bit tough to know. Okay, can we trust the, the the staff who's identifying them? Because like some of them are new, some of them are in their second year, so we don't necessarily know. Okay, yeah, they're really good at finding these diamonds in a rough. Like it got to the point with say like a Mike Elston, where he would get a guy who was like maybe a three star or a low four star, and you're like, you know what? He's made his living at Notre Dame on sci- finding these guys early, getting on them. Uh, and 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 getting them to come to Notre Dame, so I think that's where it's a little bit tougher for Notre Dame right now. You don't have you don't not a lot of the coaches have been here that long at this point to have that track record. Like Al Golden's in his second year, and he had so many years in between his college stints that it's like, does he still have it? Does he still have the touch to be able to go find? Because he did a pretty good job finding linebackers at Temple when he was there. So and again, he was wasn't recruiting four stars or five stars when he was at you know when he was at Temple. So yeah. I think that's that's kind of what. With some of the challenges with it too. Yeah, Ben Morrison was ranked three eleven. Three eleven. There you go. Wasn't one that fans were like doing cartwheels over when he committed. It was like, oh, it's a good commit, right? It wasn't yeah. like, a, yeah, we got a five star top forty guy, whatever. Um, and then look at how great he turned out. Uh, you know how great he turned out to be. Um, all right, more questions. Dude, we got a lot of questions. So let's let's just keep plowing through them. We got one from our buddy Oscar um, at Vamos Irish. What do you watch in the off season? Recent games, classic games, no football. And it's Oscar, so there's multiple parts. So we'll go we'll go through them one by one. What do you watch in the offseason? Um, I always watch games, old yeah. games. Um, just out of I don't know, interest, I guess. I like to. Yeah. Um I, I like golf. I like quite a bit of golf. Um Ooh. Yeah, I like to watch golf. Um and then, you know, soccer's on. Like so the gold cup's starting up soon, so I like that. Um I think he asked well, one, one, one question was favorite summer activity. I think it was. No, I do not know. That might have been somebody thought, else. Oscar oh, did not I have that one here. Oh, okay. But what is your favorite summertime activity since you? Well, uh, I was just going to say, so like summertime, right? So we have a pool. So kids ooh. get in the pool. They can swim around. Very nice. A uh, little barbecue out by the pool. That's always That's fun. Good. Yeah. Uh, I don't watch a lot of games in the offseason, to be honest. Uh, I'll watch other sports. Like now, I mean, I've been following the NBA Finals even after, you know, my beloved Sixers got upset, pulling for the heat, pulling for the heat in, you know, in the, you know, in the series because I just feel like I, Jimmy Butler's fun to watch, even though it's tough to know he was a Sixer and we let him walk. But um, 
I did randomly the other night watch the Minneapolis Miracle game, the 2017 Vikings Saints game. It was randomly on NFL Network, and you know what? I was like, I didn't see it live because I was in, I was actually in Paris when that game happened for work that weekend. I was like there through the weekend, so like that game came on at like four in the morning or something stupid because of the six hour times time zone difference. So it was maybe not four in the morning, very late, very late. I did not watch it. I was like, damn, like everyone knows the ending. That fourth quarter was, was good in that game. But anyway, yeah. I don't watch a lot. I'll watch baseball from time to time when it's on. Um, I do not watch golf. Um, other than that, I try to use the off season to just not watch that much. So Maybe I'll we'll, maybe I'll get to update the website this off season since uh, there's less for me to watch and, and occupy my time. Also from Oscar, is the defense better or worse this year? Uh, better. I would agree because uh, it was like fine last year, and I think it might be a little bit better than fine this year. Uh, the offense was third quartile for plays per game in 2022. Where are they in 2023? Um, they'll, they'll run more plays. A lot more, I think. Yeah, because I think you won't, they won't have to, um, Two reasons. Go ahead. Well, one, Hartman's going to be able to get through plays, I think, a little more quickly. He's not going to hopefully have to do as much of the, you know, look to the sideline as Pine had to do last year. And just because there's better quarterback play, there's going to be longer drives. Like, there were a lot of drives last year that ended quick because... Of not great quarterback play, and I don't think that'll happen this year. Okay. Well, you, you agree? Disagree? I, I, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. All right. Here's there is a food question from Oscar though, and his no. fourth question. Congrats on squeezing four questions into the character limit, Oscar. Always impressive. Um, 2023 was St. Louis heavy. 2024 class is Charlotte heavy. Which city has the better barbecue? I've never been to St. Louis, so I can't say. Um, I was not impressed with Charlotte barbecue though. I will say that. I, you know, I, <laughs> I didn't have, um, Charlotte barbecue when I just recently visited, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, so I couldn't say, I think though, I think St. Louis seems more my jam. Yeah. Just so that's just without having had either. I think it's, uh, I think that's where it is. I'm going to give it to St. Louis just cause I don't, I mean, St. I mean, Charlotte's to me was just not that great. So I'm going to assume St. Louis is better. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Next question from our friend, Chris Jenkins. Uh, Welcome back, fellas. What do you think slash want the new apparel contract or who do you think, who do you want the, or think the new apparel contract will be with? Um, And can we get some of the Freeman gear? That's his first question. Uh, I know who I, you want I, it to be. I want it to be Nike. I think they will re-up with UA because um, it just seems like a Notre Dame thing to do. It I does, would like it to be Nike. Unfortunately. So the other thing is I would like it to be Nike. I don't want Jordan Airman, Jumpman or whatever on the Notre Dame uniforms. That I will say. I think it's not. That, that is not going to happen. I don't want that even if it's Nike because, no, like you, I, why put a North Carolina basketball player on your football jerseys? Nope. Um, I think it would be hilarious. I did see the one rumor slash tweet about New Balance being interested. I think that would be so on brand. Like, is there another brand as synonymous with, not synonymous, but like that would be like, that would just fit in with the older Notre Dame crowd more than New Balance? It'd be amazing. Walking around the yard in my blue and gold New Balance is mowing. Like, perfect. That would be amazing. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I have no inside knowledge here on, on who I think it'll uh, think it'll be with. I, Under Armour just seems like I don't know. Like I don't know that it'll be them though. Um, thoughts on how the recruiting class um, is going so far? I mean, I think we probably touched on that one already yeah. from Chris. Chris has asked uh, the favorite summertime activities. Oh, got it. Okay. So you uh, you answered that one. Um, favorite summertime activities. Honestly, like I would say similar. We do not have a pool because um, real estate is uh, tough to come by out here on the East Coast. It's pretty pretty small. It's pretty small lots. Um, I wish we had a pool. Um, but uh, I mean, I do enjoy like a good beach vacation, a good lake vacation. Just being near the water, a lot of fun. A lot of barbecuing. We've been doing that already too, just in general. Like a lot of, there's a lot of a uh, joint barbecuing, hanging outside with neighbors, that goes on in our uh, in our neighborhood, which is great because we actually like our neighbors. So um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, Andrew Callen asks us, uh, should Chris Tyree follow the example of childhood Greg's beloved Rocket Ishmael and take up ballet in the off season to improve his balance and agility, or are there now even better ways? to convert track speed into football productivity? Pilates. Pilates? Okay. Yes. Do it. All right. They all should do it. Yeah? Yes. Well, here we go. And he says, and for that matter, are there things you can think the OC can do to help the jet look more like the rocket because his usage last season seemed suboptimal? See, I don't, I don't like, I've, and I've talked about this before. I, I, I don't think this was a usage problem. He needs to do better with the opportunities he gets. And, you know, look, maybe it's it, maybe it's moving to the slot is better because he can do the work getting down the field without the ball in his hands, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe that's the key. So in, in that sense, that's what they can do is they can just get, get down the field first, then we'll throw it to you. Instead of handing it to you so you can run down the field. Yeah. Maybe that's well, I mean, also, they would give him some, like, third and short. And it's like, he's not that guy. He's not that back. Um, there were there were some times that there, he could have done more with his, the opportunities that he got. But I do also think they gave him some weird touches that, you know, it's like, oh, short yardage. Let's put in Chris Tyree. It's like, well, he might have been, like, your third best option in short yardage last year. Yeah. So. All right. Um, he, he let's see. He also. Oh, no, we got that. Uh, we covered that one off. We have one from at Drew Payment here that says, woo. I think that's in response to us uh, recording again for the first time in a while. Um, he says, OK, it seems there is a shocking game every season lately, which will shock us the most this season. Tell us whether it's a win or a loss and how is it going? Uh, how is it going to shock us? So which game is going to be closer than it should be in either direction? Because you could say, like, you know, maybe it's Ohio State. Maybe you think, like, hey, a lot of fans think we might not beat Ohio State. You might think we do. Or it could mean what's a game that you look at that you're like, that game is going to be annoying. It shouldn't be annoying. It's going to be. We're all going to get upset. NC State. I I heard you say that one again on that same uh, recent pod. Um, It is on the road. Oh, well, plus, I think like I think Notre Dame is going to handle their first two games very easily, and then yeah. everyone's going to be like, okay, like big game, going into Ohio State, and it's like get through NC State, and it's just going to be like a, a dud. I don't know if they'll win or whatever, but yeah, 
you know, I, I didn't think it'll be kind of a dud. Okay. I think maybe Duke week after Ohio I was State. Gonna, I was going to say Duke, road. but I just feel like it's so obvious I wanted to do something else. But I think Duke is right. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. Duke is a good pick. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, yeah, winner will, will NC State then be a win or a loss? Uh, I'll say it's uh, – I don't want to pick a loss. I'll say it's a win. Yeah. Sam Hartman's not going to lose to an ACC team. Yeah. Except, maybe, except maybe Clemson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what it would really piss me off is if it's the pit game and it's because our, our our old friend Phil has himself a game. That would be like that would be the worst if that yeah. was if that was the uh, the shocking game. And then he says, bonus, who do you have in the NBA playoffs now that you got a bit of Boston revenge? So I already said Miami, but you also are not a fan of the Boston Celtics. So no. I'm sure you're happy. And this Boston Celtics team. To me, I don't know. Like, I mean, they own us. They own the Sixers. So I can't like, I should hate. I should have hated them more coming into the season, but I didn't. This year, though, there was something about this Boston team that just irked me. I don't know if it's like Marcus Smart flailing away at like you know a stiff breeze that he like goes flying six feet four and gets a foul call every time. I don't understand that one either. Yeah. I understand what Marcus Smart has done to get the calls that he does. But um, this Boston team specifically just annoyed the hell out of me. So I was very glad to see them lose, especially the way that they did. Yeah. Um, I can't get, uh, you know, any, like I tweeted, any successful season, Lakers win Boston or Clippers loss. That's it. And if, if any of those things happen, then uh, it's a good year. Um, I am rooting for the heat. Yes, um, because Jimmy Butler is kind of cool, and like Denver's coach is annoying me. He is kind of yeah. Just just don't be a just don't be a whiny guy. You yeah. know that's it. That's all you got to do is just not be a big whiny guy. And he failed at that, and so I don't like him. And please go away. There we go. So. I would agree. I just yeah. Uh, and Spolstra, man, like not that this is a. Football podcast, Notre Dame football podcast, but I mean, the NBA reference came up. Spolstra is such a freaking good coach. I am like good jealous of watching. What's that? Good at the coaching. Yeah, I just get jealous watching that because I'm like, you get these guys who are undrafted. Meanwhile, my team trots out all these guys who are supposed to be stars who just ah shrink in the playoffs, or we pay forty million dollars to score two points. In a game seven. Meanwhile, you got Max Struess and Gabe Vincent and all these other guys who, you know, everybody else passed up just being like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go off for 20 points in a in an NBA finals game. So if you're a Miami Heat fan listening to this, cherish your coach. He's amazing. Um, two more questions. One is from Joel at voluntary Joel41 says piggybacking on what Brian Polian said. Um, you know, this week or last week about deficiencies at the Goog. If you were a 2024 recruit at Notre Dame, what are your top three things you would want out of a football at a football team facility? Facility. Um, so here's the thing with with what Polian said. You know, it, because people make a lot about you know, oh, like recruits aren't. Recruits aren't deciding to go somewhere else because of, you know, there's no uh, kitchen on in in on in the Goog. They have to they have to bring the food from the South Dining Hall, right? And the nutrition is fine, right? Nutrition is good. It's just that the operation to get, you know, having to get 
the, the food from the dining hall to the Goog is kind of clunky. But once it's there, it's good, right? The food is good, right? And, and people make those kind of comments a lot, right? In terms of like the, the Under Armour thing as well. It's like, well, you know, no one's making their decision based on Under Armour versus Nike, right? No one's making their decision. If you ask any recruit, here's the thing. Okay, and this is this is where you have to actually just listen to what Brian Polian said. Okay, he said he was at Notre Dame, and he thought it was fine, and he didn't think it was that big a deal. And then he said he went to LSU, and he thought, oh, this is what it's supposed to look like, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not that it was any one specific thing. It's just the impression like, Oh, it's supposed to look like this. That's what you don't want. That's the problem. I don't like, it's not like I need. And, 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 and Frank, you, you can, I've talked a lot about this on hit and hustle too. Like when you were house hunting, right. You look for your house and it's just like, there are things that you want it to have. Just period. Right. Right. Maybe you want an open floor plan or maybe you want uh, high ceilings and maybe you want like a neighborhood, like the neighbor. Like there are things that you can identify. It's like, this is what I want. But then you go in and it's like, this is it. You just think to yourself like, this is it. It's little things. It's always some little thing that you never considered. Like for us, it was like I went in the house. It had everything I wanted. And then I look and it's got this, this banger stove. And it's like, man, for someone who cooks, like I was like, that stove is awesome. Like I love that stove. And then I look and it's like, oh man, it's already got like surround sound installed. And it's those little things. I would never put that on a list. I would never say the house has to have a banger stove and it has to have surround sound. I would never say that. But when it has those things, it just, it tips the scales in a way that you wouldn't think in another instance. And this is, that's what the Goog is to me. It's like, no one's ever going to tell you like, Oh, I didn't choose Notre Dame because it didn't have this. That's not what happens. Cause you don't know you want it until, until you see it, until you see it. And so you wouldn't put it on a list and you wouldn't say, Oh, I didn't go to Notre Dame because of this. It's like, but you go to LSU and you say to yourself, they have top notch facilities. And, and the thing that you're thinking is like, when I went in there, it was just classy. It was classy and it was nice. Yeah. And and that and that's what resonates with someone. And so like it's not that there's any one specific thing that it has to have. You got to go in there and you got to think to yourself, man, this is awesome. This is top notch. Notre Dame cares. Like Notre Dame cares about their program. They take it seriously. That's what they need to feel. And right now they don't. And so that's what it is. Yep. Like that's what Brian Polian is saying. It's not about, you know, the kitchen or any of these other things it's got to look nice top notch and it doesn't yeah and it's old yep comparatively you know to you know to what all these other schools have done so um yeah uh, and I, I mean i think so there's there's nothing that comes to your mind though that would be like what what would the things be that you just be like that make it over the top in a, in a football facility i mean the 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 kitchen would be a thing like that yeah. is a thing like having like a legit like having a legit study area in there yeah you know to me it would be to me it would be like the things like yeah loungy 
type stuff where you could just like hang out because like you know people think it's like oh the weights and the weights like well the weights are the weights you know like i'm not i'm sure there's you know different machines um and things like that now that like they'll have they'll be like oh they had this um i mean maybe some of the more advanced like recovery things that they could have would be you know maybe something you look at but like the you know the the pick the what the things you see like even when Notre Dame redid the locker room a couple of years ago it was like okay cool but it, the locker room was still very on brand for Notre Dame it was a little more it, it was nice everything was like brand new obviously but it was still a little bit more subdued versus some of the things you see at like you know Alabama um, you know it was it, it was more of like a classic look it was more of like a facelift versus like a hey this is state-of-the-art type uh type scenario so all right one last question this is from robert um halicki uh he says first frank thank you for your kind words regarding my dad he had a decent news uh regarding his brain and is halfway through chemo so that's awesome to hear robert i don't know i know robert posted i don't even remember at this point it was probably a few weeks months ago his dad was going through some things so robert that's awesome to hear hope he you know continues uh you know to get more of uh you know more of that great news um good luck man good luck yes yes um this is greg how do you manage all of your time you're on (laughs) all of the pods um what is the one thing you look forward to most and least this season and any bold takes so you Um, want to start there well, how do I manage my time? Yes. Uh, I don't know. You just make it happen, man. You know, yeah. people are people. A lot of people are busy. You know, you just you got to you got to do stuff. Fill the time. That's what yeah. you do. You just uh, you make it happen. You make you make the time for the things you like, you know, and, and so that's what it is. Um, yeah. So I, but I appreciate it. I appreciate the the support and all those things. Um, what do I look forward to? What am I looking the forward to this year? Most this season. Yeah. Um, most and least. Most I'm looking yeah. forward to, I've got a lot of like, I mean, I, I I'm looking forward to getting out for another game. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I've got a lot of like exciting kind of like game watch situations coming up um, with different people, just like people in my life. I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. Um, I'm excited. Like I'm, I'm, it's interesting, like being working with ISD and um you know, doing the thing on Twitter that I do with the videos and everything. Like I'm, I, that's what I look forward to. Like that being able to like watch games back, like interact with people like on Twitter and talk about the game and kind of show like what things are happening like that. I always look forward to that. That's a very fun time for me. Um, so there's just a lot going on, What I'm not looking forward to. Oh man, I don't know. I don't know. This is the type of time of year where it's like I'm looking forward to everything. Yeah. Looking forward to everything. All right. I think I'm looking most forward to Sam Hartman at quarterback. I'm not gonna lie, going straight on the field and seeing what that does to the offense. We talked a little yeah. bit already about what I think it could mean for it. So most looking forward to that. Least looking forward to. What am I least looking forward to this year? Um, is there a game that I'm just like, yeah, I don't really want to do? I mean, not necessarily. I mean, I, I'm not necessarily looking forward to the pit game because Narduzzi's annoying, and now they have Phil as their quarterback. So I'm not necessarily looking forward to that unless we just, you know, blow them out. Then I will very much be looking forward to it. Um, 
but other than that, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything I'm not necessarily looking forward to. I you know what? I'm not looking for I hope I'm not looking forward to seeing Marist get sent on a bunch of blitzes directly into the wall of a defense again this year. I hope they figure that out. I'm not looking for, I don't want to see that. So I hope that's something that we don't, uh, we don't end up seeing this year. And did he have a last part to the question? Any bold takes? Bold takes. Um, Bold takes like Sam Hartman, Heisman trophy finalist. That's my bold take. I didn't say winner, but I said finalist. Okay. Um, Bold take. Bold take. Um, Xavier Watts, four plus interceptions. Oh, all right. You had to go. I knew it had to be safety. Something at the safety <laughs> position. So look at that, man. We are like right around the time that I had allotted uh, before I have to run to something. But, we uh, did it. This was fun. We should, you know, we always say we should do it all the time, every time that we do it. And uh, I will, you know what? I will take your words uh, of advice to heart here. I will make time to make sure we do more of these, uh, you know, over over the summer. Hopefully, you know, summer well, summer's come. coming, so I can do this a lot more during the day. So. Sure. It's, summer tends to be a little bit easier, uh, you know, for me, too. I uh, I work in sales. Q2 is the busiest quarter of uh of the year, Q2 and Q4. Q3 though, coming up, man. July, <laughs> July to September mm-hmm. is a great uh, is a great time. So we will uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll find a way to make uh, make more of these happen. With that, we covered all the questions. We talked for just a little over an hour. This is perfect. Look at us. Perfect. Perfect. Look at us. Look Who'd at have us. thought? Who'd have thought? Doing it. All right, man. Well, hey, as always, it's good talking to you, Greg. Um, and as always, thank you all. For the questions, you know what? I didn't even. This is how out of practice I am. I doubt we got any reviews because um, it's been a long time. But let's let's just check. Let's go to the let's go to the machine here and check. Um, no, we have not had no no reviews this calendar year. Not surprising because there's only been like six or seven pods this calendar year. But hey, we appreciate the questions. We appreciate those of you uh, you know who are going to be listening to this. Um, as always, go Irish, and hopefully uh, you'll be hearing from us again uh, again soon. Mm-hmm.